now listening. You are now listening to the Christopher Sam Show. Yeah, that was it. What's up, man? Good, good. What's up, brother? How are you? Doing pretty good. How about yourself? Good, good. That's awesome, man. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I have a good friend of mine on my podcast today. His name is Rene Botello, and he is the owner and founder of Home Guide Real Estate. Um, Rene's been in the business for, for a while now, about eight years. Uh, previously, man, you were held a pretty high position with a previous real estate company, and uh, and you kind of uh, transitioned out and, and started on your own there. So uh, thank you for being on the podcast. I'm not going to tell your story for you because this isn't an audio book. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, just tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Um, I don't know if I'm that interesting, but I've been going on eight years doing real estate. I used to operate uh, another real estate company prior to opening my own shop. Um, got four kids, um, 31. Uh, all kids are with the same woman, which is that's a what? Yeah, I don't believe it. That's a big deal nowadays. I don't believe it. Yeah, no, I have <laughs> four, four kids, two boys, two girls. Uh, my wife. Um, yeah, man, that's pretty much it, man. I do real estate and uh, and do dad stuff. That's so, awesome. Yeah, that's really really awesome. Uh, it, it's really, it, it's I find it from from a few of my friends that are that are fathers, and and that are mothers to juggle a business and be full-time parents so how have you have you been dealing with that how's how's that work especially during right now where you guys are pretty much uh, being teachers parents and you yourself a business owner i gotta give most of the credit to my wife even though i don't want to say that because she'll get a big <laughs> head and i'm gassing her up but i do gotta gas her up because she's at home working she also works uh with an insurance company with farmers she's an insurance agent so she's working from home and helping the kids with school which three of them are in school so I don't really do all of that. Yeah. Um, thank God, because my schedule is pretty crazy as is already. So I got to give props to my wife on it. And uh, yeah, man, I got to also <laughs> treat her. That's why later on this month, we're going to Vegas. That was her choice because I know she's going a little crazy at home. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Is she uh, working from home right now as well? She is. Yeah. Yeah. So she <laughs> takes calls. And then she's doing insurance policies, and then she's helping the kids with their school. And then I don't know if you hear about this, but a lot of times the internet goes down at oh, the yeah. school or at home because yeah. it's 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 a lot. Yeah. Um. So she's doing all that. So it's, it's a little it's a little hectic, but we're getting there. Yeah, I can't even imagine that. That's uh, it's got to be. That's definitely a full plate on top of a full plate. Yeah. Um. It, it's funny that you say about the internet. We had uh, so in my primary business. Um, we don't have too many internet outages from time to time. That'll happen. Um, but, uh, we've been pretty good so far, but I, I haven't even asked because my, my cousin, he is, uh, he pretty much runs the network for one of the main school districts here in El Paso. And I think it's a school district that your kids are in. And I haven't even asked him how the network's been because you would think previously, I mean, the, the school systems are set up for all their schools to be online, all the computers within that school, right? right? But now you're having everybody access their network from outside of the schools, from multiple homes, you know, all throughout that region. Like I, I, I must assume that's got to put a big uh, draw on their network. Yeah. I think I need to ask them that. That's crazy. 
Um, but that's cool, man. That's really, really cool. So shout out to your wife. I think I need to get her on here. As a matter of fact, you want to just turn off your microphone? You want to call her up? We can bring her on here. No, no. She's, she's probably dealing with <laughs> a bunch of crap already during the day. That's cool, man. So, Renee, tell us how, uh, and just for the listeners, I want everybody to know uh, one of the main reasons why I brought Renee on here is uh, one, he is a friend of mine for, for years uh, on years. God, we've been friend for, friends for a really so long school, time. Bro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you went to Mala Middle. Yeah. And I yeah. went to Mala Middle. Man, that's a long time. That's running what? running amok for years. Three plus seven, seven plus. You ain't got to tell everybody. You ain't got to tell it's everybody. Been a while. It's been a while. How old we are. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just kidding. Go ahead, man. No, it has been a while, though. It has been a while. But for our listeners, um, yeah, Renee's a, a really good friend of mine and and uh, an old friend. We've been friends for, for quite a few years um, and re- reconnected because, you know, with life, uh, with everything, like we all, everyone kind of just goes their own separate ways for a while. Everyone's kind of <clears> dabbling <throat> in their things. And then, you know, we, we come back around and, and whatnot. So... Uh, but again, one of the reasons why I brought him on for the third time is because uh, I I have a lot of friends that are in real estate. Gotcha. I have a lot of friends that are, are, are in the real estate business in residential, commercial, some that dabble in a little bit of both, uh, some uh, here in Texas and a few in, in other pl- in other states as well. Um as well as three of my friends that are uh, real estate agents in the United Kingdom. And, uh, but one thing though, um, that I saw that was very different from the way that you do real estate is that you are kind of taking a new approach to the real estate game with how you help your clients. Right. And with that is kind of like the title of your business, which is home guide right right and where you kind of say that you don't want to sell somebody some right so our, our kind of our motto not kind of our motto is <clears throat> be guided not sold be guided uh, not sold real estate shouldn't be salesy shouldn't be pitchy um i don't train my team like that my team doesn't present a company like that as real estate agents a lot of people don't i guess know because it's not like it's not second nature to them but right. with real estate agents if you're an actual real estate agent realtor um, you can sell any home, right? You or resale. So there's no point of having to pitch someone. It's educating people and it's guiding them. It's not selling them. Right. If you're, if you're selling them, you're doing you're doing it the wrong way. At least in my eyes, okay. you're doing it the wrong way. What you want to do is you want to get the budget, side of town, what amenities they want, and then find them the best possible option. Right. And educate them on the process because there's a lot of moving parts. Like I'm sure with your company, like I was hearing you talk with your assistant, and I mean there was, it was like French to me. Right, you know, and you might have been speaking French, uh, but it was like French to me when you what you were saying. So it would be crazy for me to jump into your world and and for you to expect or me to expect me to know what your world's lingo is. Right, and that's the same thing with real estate. Real estate is just another lingo, and it's our job as real estate agents, at least from my company and our standpoint, is to guide people on their real estate journey. Right, and it may sound kind of cheesy or hippie, but I, I don't care. I'm kind of a cheesy dude, so um, we we guide you. We don't sell you. Right. Yeah. That that's super cool. That's and and that's one thing that really stood out. Um, I had you had posted uh, a video a while back, um, and it you were you were kind of describing exactly that that you were guiding people that you were not selling people, right? And speaking more into it of what uh, what you have to offer people and 
and um, what you can do for those that are looking to purchase a home, regardless of the stage that they might be at. Right. You just want to help people. Right. And I think that's really important. I, I find it so bizarre that so many people in this world, every day, multiple homes are being sold. Right. Every single day. Homes are being sold. Homes are being purchased every single day. Right. Yet, there's a large percentage of people that do not even know 20% or for that even for that matter even 10% of the whole process of, of what, what they, they should do. know yeah of what they should know yeah. about that whole process and i think that's damaging to a lot of people out there you know i i think there's a lot of people that want to purchase a home and yeah. might be they're too scared or they might even think um you know they might even think hey, I don't think I'm ready for it, yet you were, if you were to sit down with them for like five or 10 minutes and just you know, Q&A them a little bit, you'd, you'd tell them, hey, actually, you're more than qualified to purchase a home. But just because they don't have that information at their disposal, right. you know what I mean? They just kind of, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm kind of good where I'm at, or no, I need to wait a little bit longer. And I, I, I think that's something that needs to change. I think I think more people need to, need to know and understand the process from you know somebody like you a company like you that can right. offer this type of stuff so we we actually um i'm a, I'm, a, I'm rolling out uh not a requirement for my team because we're all self-employed real estate agents are self-employed by the way in case you have a realtor and you think they get paid hourly they don't they're busting their hump for you for free until until right. the house sells um what we're actually going to be uh inputting into the company is a uh it's, it's a buyer's consultation, which is very common out there in the industry, but it's going to be almost mandatory required for us to sit down with a buyer for a good hour, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour to explain to them the whole process before they even begin. Gotcha. That way they understand fully what they're doing and how you're saying right now. Some people are like, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. A lot of people sometimes think that their credit may not be there yet, and sometimes it is. I would say... Out of every five clients that tells me, well, I don't know if my credit's going to be there yet. At least two to three of those people, the credit's already there. Right. People think you have to have like this 800 credit score to qualify for a home. In some cases, you can be in the low 600s and qualify for a home, depending right. on your debt to income ratio and different things of that nature. Um, and then you mentioned something about, you know, most people don't know what they did during their process or, <clears throat> or they don't, or they're kind of intimidated or scared. I think sometimes as an industry, we get this reputation of being like car salesmen where it's like hey you come to this lot we're gonna make you sell buy buy right now and yeah. and unfortunately there's some agents like that you know i i don't know if i'll pass by as a lot of those but there is some agents like that that are very very pushy and like hey sign here yeah. don't worry about what you're doing we're just gonna get you to sign off and and that that gives us a bad reputation so right, right. that's a big part of why we want to sit down and have these consultations with clients beforehand so right. they know they're being guided the right way or at least they feel they're being guided the right way right um, there's a statistic out there that, and it's a National Association of Realtors statistic, and I believe it's 79% of people that purchase a home said they would never use the same agent in a second transaction. Wow. 79%. That's, and I don't know if it's necessarily that realtors that are bad realtors or bad agents. I think it's, we forget to set standards and educate the clients the proper way. Right. And so they, they may have had an experience of communication that was bad or they didn't quite understand the process. So they got frustrated with their agent. Emotions get involved. So maybe maybe that's why that statistic's so high. Yeah. So it's very important to really be educated. And I'm going to say this like a broken record to be educated on the process. Right. Right. Yeah. That is insane. 79%. 79%. That is insane. Yep. <clears throat> that is crazy. 
it's it's a it's a high percentage, man. And then it says I think the I think there's another one that says eighty. This is kind of off topic, but I think it's eighty six percent of people that bought a home never heard from their eighty six percent never heard from their agent again. Real real estate really for me is education, educating your people, your clients, your agents, right. your team, and also relationships yeah. with people. Once you once once I have a client and we get a home sold, like I, it's not like all right, bye. You're never gonna see me again. I ride off into the sunset. You ride off into the sunset different ways. I follow up my people because they become pretty pretty become pretty close. Right. Yeah. I think that I, and I think that's absolutely important because it's not like you're you're gonna go out and buy. You know, you're you're not going somewhere. Uh, to let me let me break this down. If you were to go to a store and buy a computer, you're going to invest about a thousand dollars, anywhere from eight hundred eight hundred dollars to about a thousand, maybe fifteen hundred, right, or two thousand dollars, depending on the computer. And you're going to have a salesman sell you that computer, right, for the most part, right. You know, any of those tech leads out there, I wouldn't expect for them to follow up with me at all, right. like in a year. I wouldn't. If they did, wow. But you know, I wouldn't expect yeah, them. I would had like a maybe a fifteen minute conversation with you. That's it. The thirty minutes tops. We're 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 almost married during a transaction. The transactions take about thirty to forty five days. Sometimes a little bit longer. Sometimes a little bit shorter. So, I mean, we're 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 kind of tied to the hip. And not only that, you're not spending fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars on your purchase. You're spending right. anywhere from ninety thousand dollars to a million dollars. Right. You know, in some cases over a mil in this city for for a home. Well, yeah, your average sales price in El Paso is about one eighty five right now. One eighty five. That's like your median. Amazing. I remember when I first started, the median price was like one thirty, which everybody was like, "Oh, we can get a lot of home for that." It's, it's crazy, man. The economy and inflation and how things change in a matter of seven, eight years. It's a it's and that's a big difference. And that's one thing I wanted to talk to you about. So I, I always, so as you know, like I, I travel quite a bit on, right. on business. Well, right. <laughs> as of lately, I haven't, but. Yeah. Um, I always tell people when when they ask me like, "Hey, where you where, where are you from? Where do you live?" And uh, the conversations that we have are like, "How do you like it?" And I absolutely love this city. Oh yeah, same. I, one, I love Texas. Oh yeah. And, and two, oh, I you don't love Texas, you love our Texas. Tex- oh, sorry, yeah. Texas. Oh, Did Texas. I say Texas or Texas? I love. I, you know what? I like. I love Texas, and I love our Texas. Yeah, oh. you're absolutely. You're right. I, I love. Like, our- no loves Texas. <laughs> period. But yes, Texas. I love Texas too. Yeah, I, I love. I love. Let's do a little tongue twister here. I love Texas taxes. <laughs> there you go. I love Texas. I love Texas taxes. Uh, but I tell everybody about the uh, the real estate here in El Paso mm-hmm. and how amazing it is. Yep. And uh, I'll ping pong with a few people whenever the conversations come up, you know, where we start talking about price per square footage right. on new homes versus old homes. And again, this is with me not knowing that much, but just from what I know from either my purchases or purchases with friends. And uh, the responses I get are almost always the same responses. Wow, you're kidding me. No way. I, I have to move there. <laughs> I was uh, doing a, a virtual. There's this thing called Success Summit by Tom Ferry, probably the best real estate coach in, in, in the world, really. And they had a Success Summit last week, and they were saying that, uh, I can't remember what market. One market, the average price per square foot is like $1,230 per square foot. A thousand? How much? A thousand two hundred and thirty dollars per square foot. That's their average. El Paso. We. I, don't, I wouldn't say we have an average right now because the prices are a lot different during the COVID. Right. Stuff are actually higher. Um, but I mean, shoot, you could buy a really nice home, like custom and decked out for like 
130, 150 a square foot. So, I mean, it's it's a big difference. Huge. Yeah. A lot of people from Cali are, uh, I mean, Cali's being Cali right now, but a lot of people from California are, you know, selling their properties there and and buying in Texas. Tons. Everything's moving to Texas. Tons. Yeah, and they're getting a lot more for their money. They're paying cash right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not financing anything. I I know uh, I have, so at first, uh, what was it, in June? June coming into July, I had two of my friends move from the L.A. area um, here to Texas. One of them moved right outside, right north of Austin to the Burnett and Marble Falls area. Yep. And then the other one um, moved towards South Dallas, the uh, areas, I want to say, I hope I don't butcher it, uh, Waxahachie, if I'm not mistaken. But they sold their homes. Uh, one of them sold their homes for about 2.5 mil. That same home here in El Paso would probably run about $300,000. Yep. So mm-hmm. they were able to sell for about 2.5, and then they came over here, and exactly what you said, they did a cash purchase, and they were able to go ahead and put that money in the bank and just kind of you know run that money, invest it where they needed to invest it to kind of just work for itself. Um, real estate is crazy, crazy, crazy here. So touching on the COVID and you had mentioned it, what has COVID done for you in the business? At least here, how has it affected real estate? How has it affected you from a business perspective on, on you as a real estate agent and how has it affected the buyers and sellers right now on how things are going? Shoot. So I'll backtrack a little before we answer that. I started home guide real estate back officially. It was back in October. So we're coming up on our anniversary. Nice. Uh, one year anniversary. Um, I really didn't start bringing on anybody in the team. Uh, I, mean, I, had, I had a few that came with me. Um, you know, when I left, they kind of just followed me and said, hey, I'm going where you go, which was super awesome. Um, but I really didn't start bringing anybody into the team till about March. Right. Maybe then of February. That's when COVID first hit. Yeah. And so, um, man, it was it was scary when COVID first hit because no one knew what the, I don't know if we can cuss. But oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. No ahead. one knew what the fuck was going to happen, right? Yeah. And, um it was it was pretty it was pretty scary because you're on lockdown. You're like, how are people going to see homes? How are people going to buy homes? People don't want to show their homes. So a little bit of that does affect how much inventory we have on the market right now, as far as sellers go, because it, we don't have as much inventory as we did a year ago. So we're seeing a, a little bit, a slight shortage of inventory, mm-hmm. but we're seeing a larger demand of buyers in the area. Well, at least in El Paso, I think, well nationwide, really, because there are a couple of factors playing play into this. Right, interest rates are still all time low. And we don't know how much longer that's going to be for. It could be a year. It could be six months. Right. After the election, it could change. We don't We don't know. If somebody tells you they know they're full of shit, we yeah. don't know. I agreed. We're, we're, agreed. We're, you can just kind of predict and project, agreed. right? Um, so a big factor is that rates are super low, so a lot of people have more buying power, and they're wanting to purchase. So we have a lot of buyers in the market with a lot less inventory, right? Um, another one is people that live in their homes right now since being quarantined hate their fucking home now. <laughs> and now they want a home with a backyard and a pool. Pools have never been in demand in El Paso the way that they are now, at least in my real estate career. Like yeah. pool companies are, are sitting pretty large right now because they're and, and pools starting off for like thirty thousand for like a small pool. Yeah. Right? But we're seeing a lot of people wanting to get into a home versus an apartment. So more buyers in the market, right? And there's some of them that are sellers that are like, Man, you know, I really don't like this home. Now that I'm confined to it, I really want something different. Like I, I myself am one of those people. Like I'm not I'm not selling my home right now, but I know it's, it's kind of like dating, right? Yeah. I tell people like this. Your first home is kind of like dating your first spouse. Uh, you maybe probably don't know what you want. 
on the right. first one. Right. But the second one, you have an idea of similar attributes and amenities, you know, that you do want. Um, so what we're seeing in the market is interest rates are still super low, right? There's a lot of buyers that are on the market, less inventory. Um, people are trying to get out of apartments. People want pools. People want bigger backyards, uh, bigger kitchens, right? Um, COVID really, we're one of the few industries actually in the nation that we've had an uptick of, this is what I tell some people right now. If you have a pulse and you're a real estate agent and you, you just tell somebody you're a real estate agent, you should have business. Yeah. Eventually, once the market starts leveling out again, I mean, it's not going to be the case anymore. And that's where, you know, agents, if you're listening to this, you maybe want to make sure that you're ahead of the curve and have some education from your leadership in your company to make sure that you're prepared for when the when this hot streak kind of dies out a little bit. Yeah. Because right now it's kind of like, man, it's 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 like you're going to a candy shop and you have all this money and it's just being thrown at you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, thank God we've been blessed enough as a real estate industry to to be on an uptick and, and actually have a lot of a lot more clients right now. Yeah. Um, I got to a point where I was when it first hit that I was I was worried because I just started this real estate company in pandemic. I, I real personal, I, I got a little worried because, you know, here I start this company and I have these investments in it and some bills and stuff and uh psh, dude, I signed up for DoorDash. Because I was like, I'm not, I will not let this company fucking die. Right. It's not going to close the doors. I'll figure it out and I'll adjust. Yep. I drove DoorDash for like two weeks this year because everybody was scared. Like the little panic set it in. But after those two weeks, man, it just the old market was just got so crazy busy. Thank God I didn't have to DoorDash anymore. Right. I was doing that to make sure that the bills were being paid. 100%. You know what I mean? Um, but man, bro, I, I have a DoorDash bag in my car that just chills there because I don't need it. Yeah. Thank God I don't need it. Yeah. That speaks volumes, though, man. That speaks volumes. That's what I tell everybody. Like, what um, I used to do, well, before COVID hit, um, because I have so much available time, I, I used to do this um, uh, little program where uh, senior high school students, as soon as they would graduate um, from if they were part of BPA, a BPA organization within high school or FBLA. So you're talking about French and lingos? Like, That's I don't it. know what the hell. I'm, so, I'm nodding yes, but I don't know what the hell that means. So BPA is uh, Business Professionals of America. Okay, gotcha. And FBLA is the Future Business Leaders of America. Gotcha, okay. And these are programs that um, I was involved in in high school. Uh, I was actually the BPA chapter president at our high school. Uh, yeah, I don't even know why. I, I had no even, idea that was the thing. Yeah, I didn't even know. I had no I idea that you were that president. I didn't. I didn't know for like half the year either, bro. I wasn't. I, I wasn't, got elected. I had no idea what was going on. I was a. Uh, <laughs> I was skating through like B's and C's in high school. Like I was like, I didn't try much, but it was. I, yeah. They popped this open for more caffeine. Oh my blood! By the way, I don't know if this is a, supposed to be a plug or not. This Focus Aid that you had me drink it's right now good, is. Right? It's really good. It's uh, I'm pretty alert right now. It, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I might be working till like midnight today. Yeah, yeah. It happened. You know what? If you like it, I have some. I'll, I'll give you some more so you can. Take oh, I was definitely gonna. Try. I was just gonna read your yeah. fridge right now. Yeah, I. I uh, so it's uh, a company called Life. Uh, they're called Life Aid. They make a bunch of different ones. Uh, they're really big in the uh, CrossFit industry because they nice. make some recovery ones. Nice. And um, and then they have one that's called Immunity Aid that has like a thousand milligrams of vitamin C and a bunch of other stuff. They have okay. one that's just called Life Aid that has uh, turmeric, uh, ginger, and all this uh, magnesium, all this zinc, all this great stuff. But pretty much what they are is they're uh, vitamin drinks with Adderall. With Adderall. 
Adderall. No, it's like crazy, crazy Adderall. No, I, it feels don't like take Adderall. <laughs> don't do it. It it feels like that. But uh, this one, the Focus Aid one, um, is amazing. It literally makes you focus. It makes you focus so hard. It does. It's great. I love it. Uh, no, yeah, you can give them a plug, man. They actually just sent me uh, that shirt. Um, I've been eyeing that shirt. <laughs> shout out to my man Jordan. He is the marketing. Uh, I think he's the VP. Uh, marketing VP for Fit Aid. Nice. Uh, but I buy a bunch of this stuff, and I'm I'm always posting them and, and shouting them out. Um, so he was just like, "Hey, dude, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Uh, give me your address. What size shirt do you wear?" I'm Yo, send Jordan, you let me give you Yo, my jo- shirt size. <laughs> Jordan, I'll crime it though. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's really good stuff. I I really love it. Uh, but going going back, where was I? You see, I need to drink more of this Focus Aid because I it's lost no where I was at. It's, it's no, no joke. It's good stuff. Lot, I completely lost where I was at. Um, oh, yes. Uh, so BPA and FBLA, uh, Business Professionals of America and Future Business Leaders of America, what I would do is students that would graduate and had um, kind of an, uh, a want or desire to kind of start up their own business if, or they were already working on it or, you know, they, they just needed some guidance, I would offer that, you know, to them. I would help them out nice in any way that I could. And I, I, I asked them, one of the questions that I always ask, and I spoke about it in my previous podcast uh, episode, was I would ask them, if you won the lottery today, and I'm, I'm not talking about the $100,000 lottery, I'm talking about if you won the mega millions, the big boy, the big boy right? If you won the lottery today, what would you do after you were done celebrating, taking your vacations, what would you do if you did not have to work for another dollar in your life? What would you do for the rest of your life? Me? All right, yeah, I'll ask you. Yeah. Oh, I, for sure, I'd pay off all my debt real quick. Um, and uh, I would invest in real estate. Real estate. So yeah. then real estate. There you go. Yep. That's, that's. I know this guy that owns this business called Home Guide. Now I'll put you guys on <laughs> But you see, so you would, you, would, you yeah. would essentially be doing what you're doing right now. Yeah. And that's what, I, that's what I would ask these guys, these kids really, is what would you do? Find find your passion, and it doesn't always work that way. Where you find your passion and you go all in on it, you know, like where passion can work out and where you can monetize it. Right. But I asked them that question because I've heard that saying from so many different people, from business likes. Um, I used, I used to follow this guy Zig Ziglar years ago oh, in yeah. high school. Yeah. Zig oh, Z- you were ahead of the curve, bro. I was doing no self help books. <laughs> like I I didn't read my first book that wasn't required. Probably till about four or five years after high school, four mm. maybe four years after, and it was. Uh, can you guess the? You want to guess the book? It's my first self help book. I was gonna say Twilight, but first self help, oh. not destruction. <laughs> self help, uh, Napoleon Hill. No man, that was actually my third. Hmm, your first self help book. Easy read. Easy read for self help book. I don't know. Uh, Seven Habits. Uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Rich Dad Poor. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that is a real real good quick one. little story about that one. Real quick, uh, I was sorry, babe. I was dating some girl uh-huh. when I was younger, and she gave me that book, and I was a knucklehead, and I was just like, "Oh, thanks for the book, cool." Like I never read it. Yeah. And somewhere along the way, I had it in my room somewhere, and I was moving, and I think me and my wife were moving into like our first apartment together or something, and yeah. uh, found that book in my closet. Got bored. Picked it up, started reading a couple pages, and I got hooked. And I read the whole book in like two days, I believe. It's not nice. a long book; it's a super easy read. Um, but for somebody that doesn't read, period, like unless you had to read for instructions, 
Um, man, that book blew me away. It, it, Anyways, it that opens your eyes. But yeah, man, that was my first. I think it awesome. was my first little journey to, you know, I'm addicted to like audibles and self help books and I love audible. Yeah, so I mean, it's if you don't have audible, you should get audible. 100. percent Yeah. 100. But go ahead, man. Sorry, I, I, I love audible. No, um, well, yeah. So I, I asked these these kids, that and I would I would help them out. You know, I would, um, and really the one of the main reasons why I started to do that, and I don't know why it took me so long, um, but one of the reasons why I started to do it is because I would remember that in in high school when my dad was teaching, he taught a business class, and he was really chilled and laid back, but he would teach a lot of or he would give a lot of real world advice like out of the textbook type of stuff right and again something that i spoke about in my previous podcast i think that's just so important and so valuable and i think that that's what needs to be taught in in high school a a lot more than what it is um so like even like uh, a finance course should be should be offered that should be a requirement 100 percent. because as 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 just a generation period man like no not even generation just no one's taught no. You have to go through a lot of trial and error. Yeah, you have to go through, through a, debt a lot and of credit, credit cards. And crap and yeah. bullshit. And then you're finally like, oh, yeah. financial financial education should be something, you know? Like yeah. it's that should be implemented. It's crazy. It's it's nuts and, and, and hopefully that'll start to change. You see a lot of schools now being built, a harmony idea and stuff like that. And I know a lot of those schools are are teaching more. I just put my kids in idea school this year. Yeah? Yeah. How do you like it? It's online right now. Next month they start in person. Um, so so far good, man. Good. Yeah, it's smart classrooms. Um, less kids. Teachers are more attentive, which is really cool. I get text messages from the teachers like, "Hey, your son did really good today," or "Hey, maybe That's awesome. maybe maybe check this out for them because they're not really understanding this." It's, it's really it's really cool. That's great. Yeah, that's great. I mean, compared to going back where we would get automated phone calls sent to our homes if we this is Mister Hatch to let you know <laughs> your son or daughter, your son or daughter was absent today. <laughs> <laughs> try to be, try to beat the parents home and unplug right the, the PM, machine, bro. Right at five p.m. <laughs> right at five p.m. Boom. Machines, yeah. Take it out of the jack. Exactly. Um, but I would. I, one of the things is circling back to what we were speaking about about you with DoorDash is I would I had asked them what would you do what would you sacrifice to to get your business up and running and to keep it afloat right right like in in the amount of little businesses that I had going from from one to now right um dude i did literally almost everything to to make sure that i could keep the lights on to make sure that i was able to pay my website fees every month to make sure my website would not go down i mean everything to make sure employees were were getting paid you know what i mean like whatever it took i would do and that's and I think that's one of the no one talks about all the stuff you do behind the scenes. No. Everybody, especially social media being the platform it is now, which is a great tool. I love social media. I'm not mm-hmm. against social media at all. But everybody thinks that things are instant instant gratification nowadays. Yeah. You see people that are younger and it's like, Oh, I'm doing all these successful things and a lot of times it's BS and, and sometimes when it is, no one's no one's talent no one, a lot of people weren't talking about the sacrifice. The hard work you put behind it, yeah, yeah, because you see it on social media and you're scrolling, you're like, "Wow, they're so successful and they're so lucky." And a lot of times, it's not luck, man. I like it. You like it? I like it. You know why? Because other people won't do it. Yeah, because no, when people see how quote unquote easy it is, right, and then they run out and they try it, boom, reality hits. Oh yeah. Hits. And then that's how you can tell those who really want to do this versus those 
who just don't are we're just in it for those for those gratification posts well and, and going back to kind of like what you said right now you know where your dad gave some real world talk real world talk i think that's very important bro and that's really cool that you do that with students you're around or, or you were around because the kids need to hear that yeah. they need to know that it's not just a click of a button and all of a sudden you're successful and you can start a company because that's what people think right now, bro. That's mm. what kids think. And then, mm. the, and then they get discouraged and they don't want to do anything and they get depressed and then they never end up doing anything. Yeah. It's hard work. It's crazy. It's hard work. It's not always the worst, but it's hard work and it's sacrifice, man. And it's consistency and it's being relevant. And most of it's just consistency. 100%. Are you going to wake up every day and do what you need to do? And, and I tell everybody like, look, dude, it's, it's not, it's not for everybody and either you're going to like it, you're going to love it, you're going to hate it. Right. Uh, you'll grow tired of it. Right. I've been doing this for a while and uh, I mean, between you and I and the two listeners, just kidding. <laughs> and between the it's listeners my wife. that we have. What did you say about your ex-girlfriend? <laughs> the listeners that we have. I mean, I'm, I'm at the point where I'm starting, uh, it's been, gosh, I don't know how many years now, but I'm starting, I'm getting to the point where I'm going to have to go into, not that I'm going to have to, that I want to go into a rebuild stage within my life for business because right. there's so many more so many more things I want to do f- within the company that I can't at the wa- I can't at the moment and I I used to be I used to be one of those people that just wanted you know immediate immediate results you know right. and and I understand that that can't happen so I know okay listen I want D and E so bad, but I got to make sure that I put A, B, and C in place to make sure I arrive there. So what do I need to do? I need to sit down. I created a plan. Okay, I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to do that. Sell this, buy this, whatever I got to do to get there, right? Right. So um, I don't don't know. It's just I don't want to go completely off topic. But, yeah, there's so many sacrifices, so many things you need to do that that to get to to where you want to get. But you saying that you door dashed, that speaks volumes to to what you do and what type of sacrifices that you'll make to again keep the doors open, right. keep the lights on, and keep everything running. Not just for yourself, but for your team. Yep. Right. Because let's be honest here: if you were to close your door, turn off your lights, your team would now have to go with Too another different. company. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> and. Yep. Look, it could be a hundred. It can be as easy as making a phone call, and they're at another office at another desk, or it yep. can be as difficult as like, fuck, you know, fuck, who do I go with now? Or, fuck, uh, these people really aren't taking any more any more real estate agents. I really don't want to go with this. You know what I mean? Like, you just and, don't want to put them in that position either. And, there, you know and there's I mean? a lot of really good real estate companies in El Paso, so I'm, I'm actually I'm very blessed and honored to have the team that I have because we have, we have a really solid team. But I mean, yeah, it is it, it is super easy for anybody that joins a real estate company to go yeah. to another team to go to another company. It's super easy. So, you know, it all comes down to what's your value proposition. Right. Is there value added for, at least speaking for real estate, is there value added to my team? Yeah. You know, and it's adjustments too. It's patience, adjustments, consistency. Yeah. You know, if I had to say three words that kind of described what real estate business is like, patience, patience, adjustments, consistency. Mm. The market adjusts, you got to adjust. Something happens like... uh, marketing company have to switch up you're adjusting right Right. for one reason or another um covid yeah covid and patience 
you're, that's what you're that's what you're describing a lot right now is you know i've been doing this so long you you probably jumped into business world before i did where i was actually or you actually owned a business for a lot longer than i have i'm sure there's been a lot of stuff that you have to be patient about yeah. and a lot of adjustments bro yeah you know um it's gary v gary v said i had uh, i posted something about i reposted something gary v put up the other day on social media and it says uh most successful people that I know, something like this, most successful people that I know say that patience is the key fucking core to their success. Mm. Mm. Agreed. Everybody's such in a fucking rush, man, mm-hmm. to get to the finish line, but that's not the case all the time, bro. It's not driving a car. 100%. You know? There's a lot of patience involved in this. It's the old saying, patience is a virtue. And and a lot of people don't see all the work you put behind the scenes, man. They just see the wins, which is cool. Like you said, you you enjoy that, and that's cool because then everybody else will be doing it. But man, it, it it it's good to tell some people that are truly out there to hustle and grind. Yeah. Like just keep at it. It's just it's. Uh, but you have to want it. Yeah. You have to have you have to have the grit for it, man. Yeah. You have to want it. We we we've just been we're in a world where, um, and it's slowly kind of getting away from that because. The world has changed now to where there, cable TV isn't a big thing anymore, right? You're, uh, people are now having sub- subscription services. Right. People are watching YouTube like nobody else's business, right. vlogs and, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, previous to all this, like reality TV, quote unquote reality, reality TV was a big thing. So people would see like, you know, the Kardashians and stuff like that and like see the limelight. Like, oh, I want that. Oh, oh, that's so awesome. Oh, I'm going to go out on a vacation and take a picture at a beach. And, you know, and that's what the world was just kind of like. That's what would get you your clicks. You know what I mean? Your likes, you know, like, like how good does this person have it? Or, oh, this person's working till two in the morning in like a dingy little warehouse. Like, why do I want that? No one wants to see that. Why do I want that? No one wants to see that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just. I, the world is the world is definitely definitely slowly but surely changing. Well, you know what's cool about not cool. It sounds about, it sounds messed up. What's kind of cool about the whole COVID thing, even though COVID's not cool, I'm not I'm not endorsing COVID at all, right? Yeah. But the positive, the positive side, the to positive COVID. side to it. I think yeah. a lot of people are appreciating life, yeah, a little bit more. Yeah, and it forced everybody to settle down. I don't know if you're a believer in God or or higher power, but you know, I believe I believe God was just, hey, Amen. You all need to slow it down mm. and look at what you really, what you should really be appreciating. Don't get me wrong, I like I like nice things, but I found through this experience and and some of my life experiences that the reason why I do what I do is one to leave a legacy behind for my kids, right? Because mm. I have I have a million of them, and um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and two is really that you know I live to do this to be successful in this in this career in this you know venture of real estate. One not only to help my clients and my agents, but to also have money to pay for experiences right. with my family. Growing up, we didn't have that because my dad's a truck driver. He's barely going to retire. He's never home. We took maybe two vacations growing up. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't get to have experiences like that. And so my why, people talk about my why, your why all the time. Right, right. I finally realized what that was, which was beautiful because it it, it, it helps you work harder, is to have money for experiences. Hey. That's that's my that's my my big important reason why I get up and do what I do because I want to be able to take my kids to Disneyland. I want to be able to go take my wife out on a trip and, and enjoy it, man, because right. we're, we're, uh, we're all passing memories, bro. Yeah. You know, you don't know when it's cliche, but you don't know where you're going to go. No, you, you don't, don't take anything with you either. You know, that's it. You see, and that's the biggest man. That is my biggest thing is waking up every single morning 
Like, dude, I, I could care less what anybody says if I'm bullshitting or not. I'm 100% being honest here. Every time I wake up, dude, as soon as I open my eyes, I kind of like look to the right, I look to the left, I like look around my room, and I'm like, cool. Yeah, you're being authentic to your life. I'm like, cool. Like, bro, I just woke up. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, No, I'm, for sure. I'm like, yo, I made it another day. Yeah, you, and you can get up and walk. I made it another day. And, and, and you can get up and walk. Like one of, one of my big things that pushes me to hustle so young is uh, my dad, uh, not to say, this isn't for like any sympathy or pity or anything like that, but my, my dad has Parkinson's. Okay. And he's you know been, that. you know, he's been, um, you know, he gets the tremors now and it's it's a little more intense now. And, you know, like he doesn't function the way he used to. My dad uh-huh. used to be a big bodybuilding, kickboxing superhero in my eyes, right? He's still a superhero in my eyes. Um, but Parkinson's could be hereditary. Mm. And so I have to check myself and say, you know, I don't know how many more years if I might not get, I don't know how many more Parkinson's for years I may have, may or may not have. Right, 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 right. You know what I mean? So right now it's like, I got to grind while I can and, yeah. and, and use my time the best I can. Sometimes, you know, I mess around with my time, but you know, you never know, bro. It's yeah. not even just dying. Just what if you get sick? What if you can't walk later on? What if you get your hand chopped off in an accident one day? You know what I mean? You don't so know. I mean, gratitude, know. I guess, is yeah. part of, part of, uh, should be part of your journey. Should. Yeah. 100%. I don't know how we dove into this. Got all super hippie and deep, but this I like it. Happens. This is what happens. I like it. That, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I've made a lot of different changes in in my life um, from what I drink, what I eat, um, how I stay active. Um, I was so consumed by by the business and, and traveling so much. Um, travel. I'd be in one country for like a week and then at the end of the week or on a Thursday or Friday, I'd get a call from a client and I'd be like, okay, cool. Done, done, done. I got to fly to this other country right. that has like a eight to 12 hour difference in time zone. Yeah. So I got to fly over there and be there for a meeting in like at this time, you know what I mean? And I was, I was draining my body without knowing it at the time. I was like, oh, this is great. This is wonderful. That's oh, fun. Your new oh, experiences. Executive platinum status with American Airlines. This is great. I love it. Uh, pass me that free scotch. You know what I mean? So yeah. I was just, it was drinking scotch and smoking cigars and not working out. And just, just, I was working and grinding Sleep. and putting, not even sleeping. Scarface kind of life. Dude, it was insane. And it, it, it wasn't even that, really that long, long ago where like I just hit this wall and I was like, bro, what am I doing? What are you doing it for? Like, what am I doing? Yeah. Like, I am literally chipping away years of my life. Yep. You know what I mean? So I was like, okay, dude, you need to calm down. You need to chill on the traveling. You need to chill on the drinking with your clients. You need to chill on everything, all the different stuff that you're eating here. Uh, you need to start, like, working out a little bit more. You know what I right. mean? I went from doing jujitsu like two times a day, two to three times a day two, or two times a day, then hitting the weights to eating really healthy to just like going all in on the business, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. Right. But going in all in to. on the business and, and forgetting about all of that. And yep. then just like really, like I said, chipping away at my life to like, now I'm like, okay, bro, um, how long do you really like anticipate you staying on this earth here? What do you need to do well, then- to, to, to stay here longer? You know how I jumped from, I was operating a large company uh-huh. about a year ago. <clears throat> one of my, one of my good friends that owns a real estate company in Chesapeake. Um, Virginia? Yeah. I love that place. Uh, we had a, I was, I was in a conference with a couple other people that own real estate companies or operate them. 
and um, we sat down one day and we got to talking about he's a, you know he's an older guy and says hey Renee well what do you do man and it starts telling him what I do for the company I was just operating acting CEO and everything and the company was a big it's a big company um, in here in El Paso and uh, there's like seven other companies associated with it I was operating and um, and he said oh you like it and my first reaction was like yeah man it's great I'm young and I get to operate this and my, I have this big fancy title and this is really cool and trying to impress him kind of and he kind of just hit because he used to operate a, he used to operate about I think it was like 200 different remaxes throughout the nation at one point wow and he did that for several several years and he said uh, do you really like it and I was like yeah I answered again yeah I like it and he said no you're telling me what you do you're not telling me that you enjoy it you're telling me what you do he said are you enjoying the journey? Mm-hmm. And I kind of just stayed quiet. And then somebody else started talking and there was another conversation going on. So we kind of like ended it there. And later on, when I got to my room that night, that just stayed in my head. And I was like, I'm not enjoying the journey. I have this title and we're, and I have all this busy work. I'm busy, busy, busy. Everything that you need to, you need to be successful to be busy. That's not the case. I have, I probably have a lot. I probably have more free time than, than most people. Even right. though I work a lot of hours, I still have my own free time. Right. Um, and man, bro, that, that hit me. Mm. I'm not enjoying the journey. That's kind of one of the first conversations I had that kind of propelled me to say I'm resigning and I'm doing something different so that I can enjoy my journey. There you go. And that's, that statement was powerful. It's crazy. Huh? Yeah. It's crazy that sometimes yeah, it does take uh, an input from an outside source just to kind of ring a bell that you somewhat kind of already knew subconsciously, but you just weren't bringing to light because I mean, deep down we kind of know, or like right. we'll have those thoughts, but we're like, no, no, no. We're or you're too busy yet. to sit back and actually think. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, a part of what I do, my, I try to do my routine is have what's called like kind of quiet thoughts, quiet mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Where I just sit back and reflect because you can get too busy to reflect yep. and years can go by and you're like, Oh, I never even noticed this. I never even noticed I wasn't having a good time doing and you this. You can't go back. I didn't notice my kids weren't enjoying me at home. You know what I mean? Like yeah. and you can't go back, dude. You got to check yourself. You ever you uh, wreck yourself? You ever <laughs> you ever use a a float tank or a deprivation tank? No, but I want to. We should do it. My my buddy used to have one here, um, not far from here actually. Uh, he doesn't anymore though. But I know I know of a place. So after this, I'll I'll uh, I'll set you up. It's amazing, dude. You can do it for 30 minutes or an hour, two hours. It's kind of uh, like a meditation form, right? Yeah, that's yeah. it. You just go lay down in this freaking tank, and uh, you just literally you shut out the whole it's entire It's like a pod world. kind of, right? Yes. Yeah. It's incredible. I, I was doing it. every Everywhere I would travel, I would see where there was one near an airport. Right. So everywhere I would travel, I would try to do that as a first, like as soon as I would land, I would try to find a, find a place and then jump into a tank really quick just so like it would help with jet lag it would help with so much stuff but right. it helps me kind of like you were saying slow down and kind of think of everything center so, yourself yes dude yes so yeah. important um but going back uh so going back to to the real estate game here um what what would you for first time buyers that are listening never purchased a home before don't have the slightest of ideas, right? You know, uh, maybe thirty or forty percent of them uh, get on Zillow and they they Zillow hunt, <laughs> right? But they have no idea. 
what would be the step process? What would you recommend? What What's number one to, to kind of get the, the ball rolling with them besides calling you? Yeah, no, I was going to plug that. But, uh, you know, it, it really, I mean, that really is the first step, not necessarily calling me. I mean, I hope I, I hope I earn some people's business that are listening to this or, or in the future if you hear this. Um, but really, it's getting with the. You want to give your phone number? 915 Damn, um, that was quick. <laughs> no, but um, it's really getting with an agent. And before you commit to signing in a, a buyer's representation agreement with them, you know, kind of interview them. Interview the agent and see if how you feel around them. Do you build rapport? Are they giving you education or are they trying to pitch you? Because there is some agents that try to pitch you. Get somebody that's going to educate you on the process and see if you feel comfortable with them because you're going to be dealing with this agent for at least 30 days. Then you need to have conversations. Right. A lot of conversations. Right. It's almost like a spouse for 30 days, right? Like a, like a, a brokered spouse for a little bit. Um I would say get with an agent and one of the first things they're going to tell you is, hey, we need to get you in a loan application to see if you qualify. If not, then let's see how we can get you qualified. Let's give you, let's put a game plan together to see what we need to do to get you qualified. Right. I would say that's the first basic steps. After that, if I go on through the whole process right now, you're not going to remember it, but that's, that's your first steps. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so they put in an application and how would that, now that application that they do with you, does that... Are you checking their credit, their income? So your agent should never check your credit or your income. It's going to be the mortgage company. And it's your choice what mortgage company you want to use. There's a lot of really good local. I, would, I recommend local all the time um, because the service usually is better. Okay. Uh, and the rates usually are all kind of the same. Like The rates a, are the same depending. I it, mean, it, even big banks to to. It depends if you're, if you're a broker or your credit union. Like the banks are all pretty much similar. It's based off your credit. Okay. Gotcha. Your credit score, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say... Once you do that application, you see where you stand. Because especially right now, let's say you came to me today, Chris, and you said, hey, man, I like this house for $280,000, right? Um, I want to go check it out. Right. The first thing I'm probably going to ask you is like, all right, cool, man. Is this your first time buying a home? Yes or no? Blah, blah, small talk. And then I'll say, are you pre-qualified already? And and who are you pre-qualified with? And you say, well, I'm not. And I say, okay, well, it's I still want to show you this house, Chris. I'm not saying that I can't show you homes if you're not pre-qualified, but... It's best to get pre-qualified because let's say, Chris, we go see this home. Right. Houses are flying off the market right now. Like they're flying within hours of being listed, days of being listed. We go see this home and you're not pre-qualified yet. You love it. You want to make an offer. Somebody else makes an offer. They're already pre-qualified. They're going to beat you to that house. Got you. Does that make sense? Right. You can get pre-qualified online over the phone on an app. Right. It takes it takes minutes. Right. You know what I mean? But that doesn't bind you into buying that home. Right. You just don't know where you stand. Exactly. And if a, if an agent makes you feel like you have to you have to sign now, 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 and you have to go on this contract right now, they're probably a crappy agent. Okay. And gotcha. they're probably trying to sell you. Mm. So th- those are probably the ones you want to avoid. Right. You want to get educated first. Right. So somebody should definitely, and this is something that you offer to your clients, right? Of course. They come to you and then mm-hmm. you, you kind of, like you were saying, you sit down with them, you let them know what the process and the steps are. Yep. And like you said, you want to pre-qualify for that exact reason. Right. Because if you both go look, if you go show somebody a home and another agent shows one of their clients your home, yep. whoever's pre-qualified really pretty much already has dibs. Whoever's pre-qualified over the one that's not pre-qualified. Right. And whenever you send an offer... For most of the houses out there in the market, they require pre-qualification with the offer to be along with your offer to make sure that you're serious. There is a lot a lot of situations right now with COVID that you can't even view the home unless you're pre-qualified. 
so that they weed out the, the flaky buyers and the non-real buyers to only have enough. So they're trying to minimize the foot traffic inside the home, right? Right. So they don't be exposed to COVID. So only if you're pre-qualified in some houses, you can go view. There's gotcha. also some bigger houses that don't let you view the home at all unless you're pre-qualified mm. and they want to see a copy of your pre-qualification. Gotcha. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I so mean, it's... That's that's one of your first steps. It doesn't bind you. People get scared and they say, well, uh, does that mean I have to do it right now? No, just to see where you're at. And as a first-time buyer, what do a lot of these uh, – what programs are available? Are there any, like, down payment uh, system programs, closing programs, anything like that? Or was there at one point and there's not because of COVID? What? Yeah, so there used to be a lot of, like, down payment assistance programs here in El Paso because of – you know, a lot of people in El Paso just as – a, as a culture, and I say this because I'm in El Paso, and as a culture, we, we – we weren't taught to save. Okay. And we don't save. Gotcha. So it's hard to come in with a down payment sometimes right. in, in our city. Um, it's be, that's not because, at recently that hasn't been the case. People are, are savers a little bit more and more now, which is great. Nice. Um, but there used to be a lot of down payment assistance programs out there, uh, first time homebuyer programs. But with COVID, a lot of people that lend the money to lend to the lenders, the investors, are doing away with it. It's too risky for them right now because people are losing their jobs. They may yep. lose their jobs. They don't know what's going to happen with the economy. Right. So there's not a whole bunch of first-time homebuyer programs, if any. I, I I can't even think of one right now Right. That, that's active in El Paso. I mean, there might be like a, a USDA loan, which is a little different. But, I mean, it's they're very rare. And if they are out there, your credit score has to be like above a 680. Right. So and that USDA loan, that's a loan for purchasing outside within the city limits. Right. Like, like 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 right. areas that are a little tougher to sell, that way they right. can get populated, right? right? And those are zero down. But in that event, most of the time when you do get some sort of down payment assistance or you don't have to come with a down payment, besides a VA loan, um, interest rates are higher. So right. I always tell people if you have a down payment, pay your down payment. Put it put keep it. keep a better rate. Like we had a client that we locked in this morning at two point seven five. Got you. That's a crazy rate. Yes. Even for a car payment, for a house, it's it's crazy. Yeah. I think the back in to be the honest, 90s, with you, I, I didn't even. Is that what average right now? They're under three percent. They're floating around three percent, a little bit higher, a little bit lower. It just depends That's on your amazing. credit score. That's amazing. Back in the day, bro, the normal rate was like ten to twelve percent. Right. You know, right. like when our parents were buying homes, that, that was your rate. People complain about four percent now, and I'm like, don't. Yeah. Like if you, if you qualify for four percent, take the four percent, <laughs> bro. I mean, if you can get better, of course, get be, get a better score. But right. I mean, a better rate, but your it, it also reflects your score. Right. 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 And and what about uh, those that come to you that may think um, that may think, hey, my credit isn't, you know, what it's supposed to be at. Right. Do you offer or do you recommend them to somebody that can help build their credit? Do you work with somebody, another company or I have a I have some local peeps that I recommend. Um, uh, yes. I mean, we, we do. It, well, the first step is to get you in a loan application because sometimes the lender can say, Hey, if you do these two, three things, your credit score is probably going to boost to this, which you'll be ready in two, three weeks. Right. So if they say that, then I tell the client, like, Hey, just follow what the lender's advice is. Right. And then we'll recheck the scores just right. to make sure you're ready at that point. Cause we could rapid rescore. Right. Um, but if the credit's pretty challenged, they have a lot of, you know, derogatory accounts and stuff. There are some people local that I would say do a really good job. Like myself, I've, I've had to, I've had to do credit repair. Starting a business can affect your credit in, in a negative oh, dude, way so much. because yeah. of how much credit you spend and you know, you mark up your credit cards and right. You know, you don't, no one pays your bills, man. So, right. but I, I've used some local peeps to help build my credit and uh, yeah, man. So we, we, we offer some guidance on maybe who to use. That's good. I think that's important for those that, again, that main think that their credit is too low. Cause it, who knows, right? It, they may come to you. You guys might run an app. 
with one of these uh, mortgage companies and mm-hmm. they might come back and say, hey, actually your credit's good. Or it may come back and say, hey, you know what, like you said, you need to do A, B, and C and we, we can recheck later. But as long as if they were to come to you, you can at least recommend some people to help them out. It, it, it's funny because uh, I have in the past maybe a couple years, I've had like a nurse or teacher clients uh-huh. and, and for some reason they were like single mothers. Right. They came more like, I don't think my credit's good, um, but I, I want to see where I'm at. And, right. And I'm not joking, bro. Like this is probably about at least 10 different women for some reason. And I, I don't know why this was the case, but 10 different like single moms that, oh, well, I'm not sure if my credit score is there. All 10 of them were pre-approved. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't know why it's nurses. Why they and te- thought? I don't know why, why they thought? And, teachers. and why they thought that it was? Yeah, man. Yeah. And the, and the lender was like, "Yeah, man, they have like a six ninety." And I'm like, "What? Yeah. Like, why? What? Why were so, they worried about it?" So it's coached me on on telling the client, "Well, what? I think my score is bad." And I'll ask people now, like, "Well, what's bad? What in do you think is a bad score?" Your, yeah, yeah. And and they'll tell me, and I'm like, "You're probably credit wise at least. I don't know about debt to income ratio, but credit wise, you're probably qualified." Right. And. I'm telling you, bro, all 10 of those ones recently have all been qualified. I'm not saying it's the case with everybody. Right. But you don't know until you try. Try. And that, and you see, again, speaking to the, when we, uh, at the beginning of the podcast that I said, at the beginning of this episode when I had mentioned, a lot of people don't know. They're just not educated right. on the, the, the process of purchasing a home, on where their credit score should be. So then you do... There you go. You get people that would think, hey, I'm not, I don't think my credit is there. On top of that, people think that you have to put a 20% down, which is not the case. Right. Which is only the case if you're doing what? Conventional. Like right? if you're doing a conventional investment loan. Right. If you're buying a property that's um, that's uh, a secondary home in your city that you live in, then it's 20% down because it's right. an investment home at that point. But your normal like down payments usually ranging from 3% to 5%. That's right. normally what you're going to pay for your, if it's your, if it's your homestead property. Right. Right. You see, and, and again, a lot of people don't know that. Now, you speaking about teachers um, and nurses or first responders, uh, I won't even go into military because with military, you have a v, you have the VA loan, which right. is amazing. Right. But as first responders and teachers or anything like that, is there any type of program similar to the VA loan that's available for these first responders and for these, like, say, for example, teachers and whatnot? Not similar to the VA loan, but they're usually like if you go buy a new home, sometimes they give you what's called like hero incentives. And that incentive is like, you know, additional money for upgrades or right. maybe more landscaping. So, I mean, it kind of just depends. Some some lenders actually have what's called like hero programs where they, where they only charge you, you know, let's say your closing costs is... 5,000 they drop it to like 2,000 so oh, I mean nice. it just depends on lenders and what you're buying um, what we do is at least me and my team what we do as a company is we try to make ourselves very very mobile right. for first responders and teachers and nurses because they're super busy so right. you know we do a lot of stuff over text through apps we go to them like I have a I have a client today his name's Ernesto he's a teacher and he has his first day of he's a coach and he also does football right. and he's closing today and we have the title company going to him after his practice oh, to get awesome. his documents signed for his first new home. That's awesome. Yeah, so we, we try to make it as user-friendly as possible and as wor- as we try to take all the work and stress stress out of it for you, at least me and my, me and my company. Um, and we try, to, we try to go above and beyond to provide you some excellent service because we know you're busy. Right. So we try to help facilitate any way we can. Right, yeah. that's awesome. You had mentioned earlier, like uh, with uh, investment properties, um, actually, even before we jump in that, what is your stance versus old homes to new homes, at least here? 
Um, new homes usually get less yard space. That's the big one. Uh, older homes sometimes you get more more lot square footage. Um, I know a lot of people like a lot of people that choose to go the resale way is because they want a bigger backyard. New homes for the most part, the backyard is going to be smaller. I've seen that? Um, I mean, it's capitalism, man. Right. They, you know, you want to make the most money as developer and, and sell the most lots possible to maximize your profits. So, you know, that's, that's really what the case is. And I mean, nothing wrong with that. You know, it's everybody's, everybody's trying to make money here and support their living. Um, but yeah, the, the older homes, they have, usually they have bigger yard space and, you know, a lot of the homes in like the two, five, seven, nine, two, five, three, five zip code. I mean, a lot of them are like redone, man. Yeah. Or the West side too. Like, I mean, there's like, they, they've remodeled like to the T's in some mm-hmm. cases, you know? So, I think that's the biggest difference, you know, some people, well, and there's some clients also that just don't want a home that anybody's lived in, period. And right. I've had that before. And I'm like, well, I get that. I understand. Right. <clears throat> you don't know what kind of energy or feng shui or, or, you know, you don't know what that person's home's history is or whatever. So, you know, uh, kind of, those are kind of a few things. Right. There, There is laws though, right? Or is this, uh, I could be absolutely out of my mind. I might have heard this. There is law. Is there a law that if somebody is dies in that home or gets murdered or something like that murdered or something if, in a home if you, that you need to disclose that if me as the agent know that somebody got murdered in that home it has to be disclosed but if you don't know if it's natural causes it doesn't have to be disclosed right natural causes but if somebody's been murdered and i don't know and you don't know then that's an area where like i just didn't know right because because it wasn't disclosed to me <clears throat> so what i would tell clients or consumers uh you know that are that are interested in purchasing and then they're, you know they're super superstitious do your homework, Google the home address, yeah. and and if a murder pops up, then you know, right, right, because it's that's be it's public public records in most cases. If somebody got murdered there, right? Yeah, you know. So I, I know about one. Uh, <clears throat> it's a uh, condominium in Horizon, and I knew that somebody had got murdered there. Right. So I disclosed it. Right. Hey, someone got murdered here. Um, gotta disclose that. Are you cool with it? Do you still want to buy it? Yeah. Do you still want to buy it? Yeah. Well, they're not here anymore, so I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> That's but, crazy. You, but I, yeah. So I mean, but like, like for example, like if you have uh, natural causes, you pass away. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. Disclosed. Of course, natural causes. You would. Uh, I don't know. You see those like uh, the movies, like uh, The Conjuring and stuff like that, where you know rituals and and stuff are being done at the home, and you know people move in, and then all these crazy things start happening. If, so there's a gray area there. If the person who lives at the home says it's haunted. It could be, depending on the opinion of whoever's the viewer, it could be a material fact in the situation. And at that point, you might need to disclose it. Right. But then it's also a gray area. Like I'm saying where it could be just non-fictional, fictional. Right. So it kind of just depends Hearsay. on who the, the beholder of the opinions or views are. Right. Gotcha. So yes and no. You have yeah. to disclose if they're murdered. Other cases don't have to be disclosed. They yeah. die. It'd be pretty cool if, if uh, you could do like these trial runs. Yeah, hey, my house is haunted. Cool. Can I stay like two nights just to be sure I'm good? <laughs> yeah, like that's, that's actually funny because I, I, I say that sometimes when we're reviewing homes. We're like, oh, I love it. I'm like, you want to test drive it? <laughs> you want to stay for the night? <laughs> you want to rent it out for a week and we can do some Airbnbs type yeah. stuff in here? Oh, and then we're seeing some, uh, speaking of Airbnbs, we're starting to see more Airbnbs pop up in El Paso, which is kind of mm. cool. I, I have a friend that owns um, a couple of Airbnbs here. Um, actually I have a friend that owns a few out of, uh, outside of the El Paso area and just purchased one here, I think back in February, I want to say, 
Yeah, it was back in February. He pr- he purchased one here and he just put it up for Airbnb. Nice. Um, so it's pretty cool. And, and so going going that route, the you had mentioned earlier. So people that now those are for first time home buyers. Right. What about the people that want to purchase homes to invest? They want to rent them out or they want to flip them. Um, I would say know nature. your numbers. If you're trying to flip, like a lot of times you'll see, a lot of times you'll see people that are like, hey, we have this wholesale. So wholesales. Pretty much what a wholesale is, like, let's say me, Chris, I bought the property from somebody else. Right. And then I'm trying to sell it before I renovate it. Right. I'm I'm taking some meat on the bone, which is okay. You, bought, you I found the property. It's fine. I'm selling somebody else. I would say know your numbers. Know what the property could sell for if you're trying to flip. Know what your repair costs are. That's right. a big one. That's, that's huge. Don't just jump into it and get, mm-hmm. like, super, um, super impatient to yeah. get a flip. And, and flips don't come by often. I have a lot of people that, hey, I want to buy a flip home. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> me too but the, yeah. the, the the fact of the matter is, is they, they don't come by often and if you're an investor like you're putting in a lot of work man the ones that are actually investors here in El Paso I mean yeah. there's a lot of work that gets put into it I, I'm not trying to like say don't do it but I would just say know your numbers know what you could sell for just because a home is valued for 106 a square foot on the east side doesn't mean it's the same case for the west side the northeast True. or central it depends on your subdivision your area of your comparables um, and if you're trying to rent know what your home could rent for if you're trying to hold it as a long-term investment, know what your home could rent for, because it could be a bad investment. Now, are you are you are you helping those people out as I well? I do. I have about I want to see eight investors that I help out. You know, periodically, you know, they buy flip homes or or investment homes to to rent to out rent and stuff. Out. I myself do a little bit dabbling in investments right now. Um, so so yeah, we we do we do educate and coach on that as well. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. That's really cool. I think that's. Um, I, I always I always tell people if you can buy buy some investment property right as uh, even as small as you know as small as you can go whatever you can to make your money work for you I think it's really 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 important one thing that I was really um, that I really wanted to jump into was were condominiums or to you know duplexes and right. stuff like that quadplexes um, but the ones that I was seeing here a while back uh, the people that had them just weren't letting them go. <laughs> Yeah, well, and also it jumps into, do you have a good property manager? Are you your own property manager when you buy those? Huge. And, and a lot what of times- What percentages are they going to take if you hire one? Well, and, and so it's normally across the board, if you know anything about property management, it's normally 10%, mm. right? Which is common. Which I know somebody here that charges 16.8, which 17%. Which may not be crazy if the value is there. What difference in the value do they give? You know mm, what I mean? I don't, I don't know. But- most people charge 10%. That's kind of the norm. Right. But <clears throat> if you have a duplex or, or a small apartment complex or whatever, you know, one, know what you can rent for, right. right, to know if it's a good investment. And two, make sure that whoever's managing your property is doing a good job because they can let it go, man. Right. And it becomes very, very expensive. I would say if you're a first-time investor, don't jump into that. Um, and if you do, know that you might lose right. some money. So, you know, just have a cushion. Don't throw your whole life savings in it. Yeah. Have you thought about that as far as uh, maybe like a, a wing or a division of home guide uh, property management for some uh, of your investments? It's good. That you, it's funny to see that. This is something that I haven't really announced, but I guess we'll announce it here. Um, uh, I just partnered up with someone to open a property management company. Nice. Which is uh, going to be hitting El Paso in about two weeks, three nice. weeks from now. So we will be managing properties, but it's a different it's a different company. Okay. Yeah. It's, gotcha. It's uh. I'll say it. I don't care. Panda Pal Property Management. Panda Pal. Nice. Everybody trusts a panda. Everybody trusts a panda. Yeah. I know a friend of mine goes by a panda. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> yeah. 
That's, I had two friends, three friends go by Panda. Gosh, there's a lot of pandas here. Yeah. There's a lot of pandas. Um, that's cool. That's really awesome. I think, uh, I think having somebody with your expertise and your knowledge in real estate uh, and investments, I think that would, be, that would make an absolute uh, vital key um, uh, tag and, and, and partnership with a management company like that. Right. If you can go to somebody to find an investment property like that and then stick with at least that group of people right. to the manage it. Right. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I think it, it just kind of it helps a lot. And I think people, I think more people would feel a little bit more at ease investing in it. Yes. You know what I mean? Yep. Where, it, where there's not so many moving parts. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So that, that's really, that's really, really cool, man. That's really cool. So that's awesome, brother. That's really, really awesome. Um, well, there was more things I really wanted to, to jump into. I know time is uh, – we're, we're creeping up on some time, so I might have to – I might want to call you back on here to speak a little bit more on, on business aspect. On, For sure. Uh, on real estate. On how you know what? It would be fun to do a podcast. It would be fun to have, like, two younger dudes – that are barely jumping into the kind of business game uh-huh. and kind of getting their perspective on what they think it is to be an entrepreneur or mm-hmm. a business owner. Mm-hmm. And then kind of not, not in a loving way, school them up and learn from them and then track their progress and learn from them and learn from them also because I, I've met they're the new wave. Yes. dude. TikTok. I, do, I don't get on TikTok, which I should because it's a platform that a lot of people use for marketing. I don't. And there's some young dudes that me like, Hey bro, this is how you use TikTok the right way. Dude. You know, but that would be cool to do that eventually one day where we kind of have that and then we track their progress maybe every three months or six months. That would be cool. That'd be really awesome. I learned. And the reason I say learn is I, uh, uh, a while back I was, I was helping somebody with their, um, they do art and I was helping them, you know, set up their, uh, business page for their art and, and get them moving and stuff like that. And they had shown me now, granted, I have a, a, a company that handles all of my marketing but they had shown me a few different things on social media that I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty damn stout on social media right. on, on marketing. Like I'm, I'm, I feel like I feel pretty confident in that, but they had shown me a few different things and I was like, wow. You're like, what? How long has been around? Yeah. I didn't even know that this yeah. was a thing. So, um, so yeah, I, that's one thing I love. And I love to pick, I love to pick everybody's brains, right? right? People that have been in the business for, you know, 30 plus years, 40 plus years right. over me. I like to see their positives, their negatives, things that I should do that I shouldn't do. And then also people that are around doing business kind of in the same area that I'm doing it, right. that I'm doing business in. And those like you had mentioned that are just kind of getting their foot in the door, right. you know, cause I think we can all help each other. <clears throat> we can all yep. learn from each other and we can grow. You know what I mean? Uh, interesting. You gotta, and you got to know real quick, you got to know when to be the kitten and when to be the lion. Right. And by, by, by that, what I mean is you got to know when to take advice and heed advice. Yes. And you got to know when to give advice. Yes. You know what I mean? So it's okay to be both. You don't have to be the peacock or the, right. or the alpha in every situation. Right. I like people to rub my stomach. Yeah. 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 No, I get you. I get you. Crazy times right now with COVID. Um, but I, I'm glad to know right now uh, from what I've heard from a lot of uh, real estate agents, even agents, that, an agent that works with you has told me that, you know, with COVID, things have been absolutely crazy in the real yeah. estate, you know, very game. active, very active market. People are putting in offers, multiple offers. And oh, yeah. 
and yeah, if, if you're trying, if you're trying to like, this is I don't care. It's a shameless plug. If you're trying to sell your house right now, right now is really the best time. At yeah. least from what I've seen in my career, right? You know, in the in the almost eight years, is people are getting record pricing for their El Paso homes yeah. right now. Which yeah. I mean doesn't help the buyer. Sometimes maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. As long as they're okay with the price. But right. if you're a seller, man, and you've been looking, thinking, possibly wanting to possibly sell, get with myself or get with an agent to see what your home could sell for because. You're gonna probably be surprised. I think the last right. eight sellers that I worked with recently, maybe maybe it's ten. I don't know. They were super surprised at what they got for their home. Oh, there's no way I can get that. And I'm like, eh, there is. You know, yeah, it's the time. It's yep. just the time. That is that is super awesome. Cool, man. Well, Renee, thank you so much uh, again for for being on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thanks thank, for having me. Of course, man. Um, I will definitely have you again. Uh, go ahead and plug yourself up. Home guide real estate. Um, you can, guide. where can people reach you? Home guide real estate. We're off of Edgemere right next to the idea school in Edgemere. Uh, we're by appointment. We're a real estate company. Um, you can reach me at my cell phone number, 915-356-0618. Um, or if you're in the area, uh, area of Edgemere, we might be there. It's 14821 Edgemere. Um, you can go to com and you can check out our website as well or Facebook. Nice. Very awesome. Instagram. Very awesome. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're connected. We're not on TikTok yet. We will be one day. Do it. Maybe. Just do it. Unless, I don't know. We'll see. Just do it. Just do it. TikTok. Just do it. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much. We'll have you again on very, very soon. Appreciate it. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thanks. Everyone, thank you again so much for listening to the podcast. This is the Christopher Sam Show. Uh, you can listen on, if you're not already listening, because you should be listening, Apple Podcast, Google, Spotify, all of them. All of them. Just listen. Just pick one and listen. This uh, this episode of, uh, of this amazing real estate podcast was brought to you by the Classroom Uniforms. I uh, have a shirt idea. Give them a call. They can definitely help you out with any one of your projects. Um they do amazing screen printing, amazing embroidery, um, shirts, sweaters, hats. Doesn't really matter. You have an idea, give her a call. She will help you out. Her name is Amanda. Her number is 915-820-7324. That is Amanda with Classroom Uniforms. You have a business? Yo, she can hook you up. She hooks me up with all of my stuff, and it's pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Also, another shout-out I want to go ahead and do. Uh, if you are in the El Paso area and you love coffee as much as I do, everybody loves coffee, hit up the Hive Java Lounge. Their address is 1505 George Dieter. I believe it's number 115. Could be wrong, but you'll see them when you get there. 1505 George Dieter, the Hive Java Lounge. Check them out. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in.